Hello, and welcome to another week of Sorry, I Can't, Don't Hate Me, the Sex in the City review podcast from two series first-timers. I'm Megan, here with my co-host, Kristen. Hello. And this week, we'll be recapping, reviewing, and rating season one, episode 11, The Drought. A friendly reminder to our listeners, we go in-depth in our recaps of each episode, so there will definitely be spoilers. If you haven't seen the episode yet and you want to, we recommend stopping now, watching the episode, and then of course, rejoining us to hear our analysis before we jump in. Kristen, how was your week? What were your highs and lows? And what what character were you channeling? I almost said, what Carrie were you channeling? (laughs) Well, that is fitting because to jump ahead, I am channeling Carrie. Oh my goodness. We're twin carries again this week. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my highs, um, it's just been a pretty good week. It's been warmer. It I've been more social, doing some fun stuff, going out, seeing people. I dyed my hair myself. I did a really good job. It looks and great. Thank you. If you can't tell in these lights because there's no red. It's so weird. Um, I can't, but it still looks great. <laughs> Um, so yeah so nothing too big but also I just kind of on the the low scale as well I have a ton of projects and I'm being more social and so I do kind of feel like there's just not enough hours in the week I wish I had a bit more time to focus on more stuff more thoroughly but overall not a bad problem to have Um, which is why I said I'm channeling Carrie because she's kind of portrayed as always on the go and doing different things so I relate most to the idea of Carrie I don't know on the show if we actually see her that much on the go but the idea like we we see her at a lot of not specifically this episode but just in general we see her at a lot of events and a lot of social things well as we talked about last week I saw her planner there were a lot of days that were just totally blank and my planner doesn't look like that. So well, you who's know. really the gal about town, Carrie? <laughs> Who is really the gal about town? Great question. <laughs> um, so how about you? What were your highs and lows? We know you're Carrie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, very similar to you overall was just a really good week was really social. I went to see Tig Notaro with my friend on Tuesday. She's one of my favorite comedians. So that was a lot of fun. We went to the Chicago theater, which I had never been to. And it's like absolutely gorgeous. And so that was exciting. And then on Friday, I grabbed dinner with a friend. I went on a date last night. Overall, just a nice and about the town kind of week and just really enjoying kind of the increase in social life now that the worst of winter is over. And another high for me was that I started seeing a new therapist this week and I think she's a good match. And honestly, we just love a mental health queen. So yeah, very exciting stuff there for me in terms of lows, not a ton of lows. I would just say that this time of year in Chicago and probably New York, as well. The weather is always really up and down. So you kind of don't know what it's going to be like. So one day it'll be like in the sixties or seventies, and then the next it'll be thirties and snowing. So I'm just ready for like full on spring to be here. And so the inconsistency is a little bit of a bummer, but overall just excited kind of to see the first steps of spring and be out and about again. And I mentioned at the top, Kristen and I are twin carries and we were twin carries for a similar reason. I was also about the town this week. So just a lot of things going on and keeping busy and I've got another busy week ahead. So I'm excited for that. I love being booked and busy. It's a carry week. It might be a carry week next week. I'll try and change it up, but we'll see. Well, (laughs) 
talk to your new therapist about <clears throat> how none of your friends want to have threesomes with you. And then you could be Miranda. <laughs> well, yeah, I might skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, just to, just throwing that out there as an idea. You know, I appreciate it. Well, Kristen, before we jump in the recap, do you want to kind of go over some of our research for the week? Yeah. Yeah. This week, not really that interesting, to be honest. So we are at the penultimate episode of season one. It is the drought. It originally aired August 16th, 1998. It was written by Michael Patrick King and Michael Green. So what's interesting about Michael is that this was his first ever writing credit, and he has since gone on to do a ton of big name stuff. He wrote a lot for the show Smallville, but then he also wrote a bunch of movies, a lot of action movies. He did Logan and Jungle Cruise and just a bunch of really heavy hitters. So yeah, he did Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah. Usually we get writers that don't really have that much of a career, but this guy, uh, he got a good start, I guess. Yeah, Sex in the City really kicked it off for him. (laughs) Uh, He learned from the best, Michael Patrick King. So it was this episode was directed by Matthew Harrison, another guy. I guess women had their time and now it's time for the men. He directed two episodes of Sex in the City and then all his other work was like short films. His last directing credit was 2012. I tried to kind of see what else he's been up to. It looks like he has like a film company called Film Crash, but I don't oh really yeah, it's see. a festival. It's like a film oh, it's a festival. festival. Yeah. Okay. So he got some recognition for his short films, but I don't know what he's been up to in the past like decade. Yeah, he's really like into like the theater stuff as well. Or maybe that's what he's. He's doing. just kind of he's done a little bit of everything within like entertainment. I would say. Which I do think is interesting because the direction of this episode was fine, but there was literally nothing notable about it to me. For sure. As far as guest stars, we had two guest stars, Anthony DeSando, who's one of those actors that has bit parts in a bunch of shows like Sopranos, Without a Trace, Blue Bloods, and then David Lee Russick, which also, same thing, a really long list of one to two episode appearances. Also Blue Bloods, which shout out to Greenpoint. They film across the street from me. Monk, (laughs) Six Feet Under, just a really long list of TV credits. But again, like only one or two episodes max. Yeah, I think these are the first guest stars we're seeing that don't have any Law and Order credit. I did look at that. They do have the Blue Bloods connection. Yeah, so that's really all I have for this episode. I didn't find any really interesting facts, to be honest. Yeah, the only other interesting thing I would say is that Michael Green was also actually nominated for an Oscar for Best Screenplay Adaptation. I think that was for Murder on the Orient Express. I feel like our first writer, actually there might have been another writer previously that had some awards nominations. I do think he's our most successful careered writer. I agree. I agree. And it's very funny that his first ever writing credit was Sex in the City. It's one of those things that's like the guys who did Game of Thrones. I don't know what happens at HBO. I guess it's he knew Michael Patrick King. Like that's a huge. Could you imagine if it was like your first real writing credit is to write an episode of an HBO popular TV show? I know. Well, I don't know how. 
who knows? I don't know if it was really that popular at the time because it was the first season still, but like still, still a really for like a first credit, it's pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, are we ready to jump into the recap? I think so. All right. So the episode starts with Carrie doing her kind of usual monologue. And she's basically saying New York is all about sex. And that's why it's called the city that never sleeps because everyone is trying to get laid. She explains that if you do ever manage to find someone to get in bed, that's when the fun really begins. She then shares that she and Mr. Big have finally gotten comfortable enough to really sleep together and not just sleep together. So we see a scene of her waking up in the morning with Mr. Big. They're being very cutesy and coupley, but then all of a sudden Carrie lets one rip and she farts in front of Mr. Big. She's absolutely mortified, but overall it seems like Mr. Big just thinks it's really funny. And she quickly just gets dressed and leaves because she's so embarrassed. And she's like, I'm not calling him the rest of the day. And she's just like, tries to forget about it by throwing herself into her work but it just kind of keeps coming back to her. Kind of like, you know, when anyone does something embarrassing, they just replay it in their head. Sometimes years later, even. <laughs> she's, she's definitely going through it a little bit. So the next day, Carrie realizes she's being a little bit silly about the whole situation and goes to Mr. Big's place for dinner. She decides she's going to be an adult about it which apparently means just not even acknowledging that it happened. I don't know if that's what I would personally define as adult, but that is her definition. While they're eating dinner, Mr. Big asks her to get some duck sauce for him. So she has to get up and get it out of like the takeout bag. And while she stands up, he puts a whoopee cushion in her chair. And when she sits down again, we hear a comically <laughs> loud fart and they have a laugh. And Mr. Big is especially amused and just has this big boisterous laugh and honestly I just loved this scene I thought it was, I was really gonna funny say, I laughed like the hardest I've ever laughed at a movie <laughs> Christian joke like every time that I watched this scene it, it really very really made me laugh even after the whoopee cushion incident carrie decides that she's going to stay the night with big they're in bed and she's like kind of trying to put the moves on and he basically tells her like hey i'm too tired and it's the first time that they're sleeping together without sleeping together. And Carrie starts to get a little bit concerned and basically thinks that her fart has made him completely unattracted to her, which I think is an overreaction. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to talk about it. It's insane. I have so much to say. The next week, Carrie is out with Miranda and they're getting their nails done. Carrie is getting kind of increasingly concerned about the lack of sex that she's having with Mr. Big at the moment. Basically, it's been like three times in a row and she's getting worried. In classic Miranda fashion, she's like three times, try three months. Like it's been a while. And Carrie has a little bit of a shady reaction to Miranda not having had sex in so long. And Miranda's like, okay, well, you can wipe that smug look off your face and shares that she's basically only a few blockbuster rentals away from a free pack of gummy bears. And I think this episode must have been sponsored by Blockbuster because oh, we see a yeah. couple references to it. What a throwback. So Carrie tells Miranda to relax and that she's just in a dry spell, which 
I think rightfully irritates Miranda a little bit. And since Carrie's talking about like, oh, I haven't had sex like three times in a row. Carrie's like, well, it's different when you're in a relationship and you're not having sex. And then she finally spills that she has farted in front of Mr. Big and she's worried that this is the cause for their lack of romance. Miranda overall just like looks at her like who cares and is like not shocked by it kind of at all and basically tells Carrie like hey you're overreacting it's really not a big deal being human is to fart occasionally and not having sex three times in a row is perfectly normal and says that the normal amount of sex just depends on what is normal for people on an individual basis. This conversation gives Carrie the idea for her next article, which is about essentially how often is often enough when you are talking about sex. This is the worst idea for an article yet. (laughs) I mean, I will get into this in the commentary. I think it's a legitimate concern. I don't know if we need an article about it, but anyway. We see another talking head scene where the New Yorkers talk about the amount of sex they're, they're having. There was nothing like really noteworthy in this talking head scene. I feel like usually there's one that's like really, really funny. Most of them were just like not having enough sex. One lady though was like, oh, I have sex twice a day and sometimes three times a day. And you know what? Good for her. We flash to a scene with Carrie and Samantha. Samantha tells Carrie that what is normal in terms of the amount of sex is basically the midpoint between the amount of sex that you want to have and the amount of sex that you can actually get. Carrie asks Samantha if she thinks that the fact that Mr. Big and her are kind of in a dry spell is something for her to be uh, concerned about. Samantha is basically like, do you want the truth? And in a moment of, I think, self-awareness, Carrie's like, when do I ever want the truth? (laughs) And then basically is like, now tell me the truth. And Samantha basically is maybe a little bit too real with her. And it's like, hey, I think there is some trouble happening because sex is basically the barometer for what's going on in the relationship. Carrie's obviously distressed by this and then divulges now to Samantha about the fart. And Samantha is just kind of like, oh no, that was a huge mistake. And Carrie starts to kind of get a little bit defensive and is like, you know, I'm only human. I fart sometimes. And Samantha's like, no, honey, you're not human. You're a woman and men expect women to not have any sort of bodily needs or undesirable body hair ensures that she was once broken up with by a guy because she had missed a bikini wax, which that guy sounds like a dirt bag. So not a great option anyway, probably saved her some grief. Anyway, this overall just kind of confirms Carrie's fears. And Samantha is basically like, listen, it's fixable. Just go fuck Mr. Big's brains out and then he'll forget about it and it won't be a big deal. So they're having this conversation while they're in a yoga class and Samantha just really has the hots for their yoga instructor, who is a white man named Siddhartha. Not great. They go and get coffee afterwards and Samantha's really, you know, putting on the charm, kind of flirting with him. And he basically cuts her off and is like, Hey, I'm actually celibate. And I practice tantric celibacy and gave up sex three years ago. And basically was like, I, you know, I used to love sex, had it all the time, but like, believe it or not, this is even better. Samantha is like, what are you talking about? And does not believe this. And then he kind of goes into a description of his tantric celibacy and how it's kind of almost like really good foreplay that kind of awakens 
the sexual energy within you, but since you're not acting on it, you kind of have that energy always coursing through you. And I guess the way he's explaining it actually gets Samantha a little bit horny and she decides she's going to try it. The next night, Carrie meets up with Charlotte for dinner. They're meeting up with Charlotte's new boyfriend. Carrie spills that before the boyfriend gets there, Carrie spills that she and Mr. Big are not having sex right now and expresses her concern. Carrie thinks about telling Charlotte about the fart and then is like, no, I cannot do that because we know that Charlotte is a bit prim and proper and she'd probably have a pretty bad reaction. And that's not what Carrie wants. Charlotte overall just says, Carrie, you're overreacting. People place too much emphasis on sex and relationships. And she basically tells Carrie about her new boyfriend, Kevin, and is like, yeah, we haven't been having sex. And she likes this because she feels like he's respecting her boundaries and he's not just with her for like the physical aspect of things. And she's really happy about that. He then joins them for dinner. And it's a little bit awkward because Carrie and Kevin meet and realize that they used to date and have slept together. And this is immediately kind of addressed, which I think is actually a good thing. I feel like in a lot of TV shows, this like ends up blowing up into like a weird thing. Kevin gets a page and has to run to the payphone and make a phone call. So while he is at the payphone, Charlotte's like, all right, dish, like what happened? Like, why did you guys break up? And Carrie's like, yeah, we broke up three years ago. And, you know, it was just like, it just wasn't a good match and was kind of being diplomatic. And Charlotte's like, we don't have time for diplomacy. Tell me what the real deal is. Which again, I actually appreciate that. I Carrie's like that. Carrie's like, okay, he's a sex maniac. And Charlotte is kind of like, oh, that's weird because we've not had sex yet. So to her, that's actually kind of sweet because it shows that he values her enough to not put these really intense sexual urges, like force them on her when she's like not ready yet. Right. And so she is actually really interested in this and kind of when they're in the car, she decides like tonight's the night we're going to do it. So they're in the car making out. She's like, yeah, I appreciate you waiting and being patient and basically heavily implies like they're going to have sex tonight. And, you know, she tells the, the cab driver, like just one stop. So they make it back to her place and they're getting a little hot and heavy. And he kind of abruptly stops the action. And he's like, Hey, I don't think this is going to work. And Charlotte is like, what's wrong? Like, are you just like not attracted to me? And he's like, no, it's not that at all. I think you're great. I'm just not a sexual guy, which is news to Charlotte. Cause she's like, I've literally heard the opposite. And she's basically like, Carrie told me you were a sex maniac. So uh, that's not the deal. Like what's actually going on. He's just like, you know, that used to be me and it's not anymore. I'm on Prozac and it makes me really happy. And like my moods are stabilized and overall, just like I'm in a much better place, but it kind of completely kills my libido. So like, I don't have a really heavy emphasis on sex anymore. And so Charlotte's like trying to console him like, Oh, that's okay. I think just thinking he's embarrassed that he can't have sex. And he's like, yeah, no, I know it's okay. Like I'm literally not bothered by this at all. And he's just happy to be emotionally regulated. We flash back to Carrie and she's basically pacing in her apartment, just feeling really terrified about what's going on with Mr. Big. And she's like, I just like, cannot go over for another platonic sleepover. 
while she's pacing, she looks out the window and she sees her neighbors and they're literally just like fucking in the window. Like it's, it's very steamy. You can see everything and Carrie can't help but watch. And she kind of gets a little bit horny and her desire overcomes her fears And she calls Mr. Big to see if she can come over. Meanwhile, Samantha is having a private session with Siddhartha, the yoga instructor. He has a major boner and Samantha's like, you're hard right now. Like, and she's really turned on and she's like, Ooh, maybe I can put the moves on now. And he's like, don't worry, it'll go away eventually and kind of rejects her again. And she's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Flashback to Carrie. Carrie gets stressed. She's wearing like one of her sexiest outfits, like with a little skirt that hugs her hips the right way. She puts on this blue eyeshadow, which we'll touch on. Not a great look in my opinion, but the outfit is cute. So she gets to Mr. Big's place ready to go at it. And he opens the door. She immediately like kind of throws herself on him. And he basically just has no interest. And he's like, hey, come in. We can watch the fight. So they go inside. He's very into this pay-per-view fight, which kind of fair enough. He paid for it, right? But while they are watching, Carrie is just still trying to put the moves on. And he's just like distracted and not interested. And Carrie kind of gets a little bit more aggressive and is like straddling him. And he basically pushes her off and he's like, can you like knock it the fuck off because I'm trying to watch the match. And Carrie is very offended by this. And she's like, well, I'm leaving. And he asks her, why are you being so nuts? Which trigger, but okay. And as she's in the hall after leaving, she's like, all right, I'm going to wait 10 seconds for him to come and get me and like apologize, but he doesn't. So she goes home, she gets home. She's like, oh, he'll have left a voicemail apologizing by now. Like he's had enough time and no voicemail. So she's just like, what's going on? We flash back to Samantha. She's not able to sleep because of her horniness. She's about to relieve herself. And then once again, stops herself in a major act of restraint and continues to pursue her tantric celibacy. Miranda is still suffering from her dry spell and is trying to get her mind off sex. So she returns to Blockbuster after having rented a five-hour Danish documentary on the Nuremberg trial. So I guess if that's not going to ease the horniness, I don't know what will. And as she's walking into the Blockbuster, she gets catcalled by some construction workers. And in her fragile state and kind of horny state, she's like, not as revolted as one would expect when you were getting catcalled. And she's like, whew, I'm in bad shape. And she quickly leaves and goes to Carrie's apartment, where we now see Carrie is repainting and kind of renovating the whole place to get her mind off the fight with Mr. Big. We find out that it has been two days since the fight, and he's still not called. Carrie says she thinks the relationship is over and that she should never have farted in front of him. And Miranda's like, Carrie, you got to get over the fart. It's not the fart. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's basically like, Ugh, I know it's not the fart. I just feel like I have to be perfect all of the time. And I can't ever be myself around big because I'm just scared. He's going to leave me. Miranda is like kind of consoling her, but is basically like, when did you start being so concerned with being perfect? Like no one's perfect. Like you should just be yourself. And Mr. Big if he doesn't like that, like he's just like not the right guy, but I think he will. And as they're having this conversation, Miranda looks out the window and she sees Carrie's very sexual neighbors at it again. 
And Carrie's basically like, I did not know they had an afternoon show, but okay. I guess the show is so good that they call the other girls over and they're all just like sitting in the window watching and kind of pining about their own sexual dry spells and and eating gummy bears. Yeah. Miranda leaves after watching the sexy neighbor time and is again catcalled by the construction workers as she's going to Blockbuster. This time, instead of walking away, she confronts the man and he's like, he's been saying like, oh, I got what you need, baby. I can, I can fill all your needs. And she's like, really? Because like, I need to have sex right now. So like, can you fill that need? And I don't think she was actually asking him to do that, but I think she was just kind of like calling him out. And the guy's like, whoa, I'm married lady. And she's like, cool. I'll talk. No action. You suck. So Samantha goes back to yoga class and kind of an effort to relieve some of her built up tension. The yoga instructor is kind of coming over and adjusting her form. And she's like, get your hands off me. I am way too horny for this. And she finally is just like, this is enough. I don't want anything to do with this tantric celibacy anymore. And she turns to one guy while they're in downward dog and is basically like, do you want to fuck? And the guy's like, no. And then she turns to the other side and she asks that guy if he wants to fuck. And he's like, what? Because she's kind of mouthing it. And she finally is like, do you want to fuck? Like out loud. (laughs) And then they immediately leave. And the guy's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They immediately leave to go have sex. And Siddhartha is just like, oh, Samantha, you've disappointed me so Charlotte, meanwhile, is trying to get Kevin to have a boner and prove that her sex appeal is stronger than his antidepressants. She's giving him a very aggressive hand job that is not helping. And he's like, isn't your arm getting tired? And she's like, no, no, I think it's almost there. And he's like, trust me, it's not. And like, I'm also starting to chafe. She's disappointed. And she asks Kevin, like, are you ever planning to stop taking these antidepressants? And he's just like, no. And she's like, well, not even for me, which we'll get to this, but how unreasonable. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not going to stop. And she's super disappointed. And he's like, well, wouldn't you rather be with someone who is kind and giving and like cares about you, but like, is not that into sex? rather than someone who's like an unstable oversexed prick who only wants to get laid. Charlie thinks about it for a minute and she's just like, no, actually I don't. And Kevin's like, all right, and gets up and leaves. So at this point, Carrie's still not heard from big and she's continuing her apartment renovations while she's working on her cabinets, her buzzer rings. It is Mr. Big. And we learned that this is the first time he is ever coming over to Carrie's apartment, which is pretty weird because they've been together for a few months now. She asks why he didn't call. And he's like, yeah, but like, why didn't you call? So they're kind of doing that same back and forth that they always do. He tells Carrie that her apartment's really nice. And she's like, oh, it's a mess. There's a lot I want to change about it. And he's like, no, I, I really like it the way it is. And this is like a not so subtle kind of metaphor for Carrie and him liking her the way she is as well. And he asks Carrie, like, what was this whole fight about? She was just basically like, oh, I was just having a meltdown. And he's like, all right, cool. And then he looks out the window and sees the sexy neighbors. And once again, they're at it. And he's basically like, you know, I think we can do better than that. And thus comes the end of her dry spell and the end of the episode. 
You did a really good job on that recap. I have so many thoughts about this episode, but Kristen, what were your kind of overall thoughts about the episode? Well, this one was interesting because the first time I watched it, it wasn't like the funniest episode, but I really was interested in it. I really enjoyed the watch. But then the subsequent times I watched it, a lot of the scenes, I didn't actually want to watch them again. But I feel like there was some, it was a, it was an interesting one. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I feel like there's a lot to talk about and a lot of, it puts some things into perspective for me, for these characters. What about you? For sure. There were a couple of scenes that I really hated, but Mm -hmm. overall, I actually really liked this episode and I thought it was pretty funny. Like it was, it was for sure the one that gave me the most laughs since probably Valley of the 20 something guys, which our avid listeners will know is my favorite episode so far. I think this one's a close second though, even though there were a couple of things I really didn't like. One thing I thought was interesting is usually when the gals have these problems, they as a group kind of discuss it. But this time around, Carrie kind of went to each one individually to kind of talk through the fart situation, probably because she was too embarrassed and just like deciding who she did and didn't want to tell about it. Right. So I thought that was pretty interesting. What were your thoughts (laughs) on the idea of tantric celibacy? The idea itself, like that whole thing just seemed like fake new agey. Like I didn't Google it. I don't know if that's actually I did Google it. I did. Is it a thing? I can't really tell. There were were a couple of like blogs about it, but they were not from like reputable sources in any way. And it it didn't really line up. I was like, I'm pretty sure they just made this up for the episode. The thing that I liked about it for this episode, and it actually put last week's episode, the turtle and the hair in a little bit more perspective for me, because the idea is that Samantha is like, a very sexual being and is only interested in sex I like that it's sort of like she's trying different stuff like maybe she did want to just try to be in a relationship with a fixer-upper or like maybe Mm -hmm. you know she's sexual but then she's like okay this sounds good I'm gonna try this like it doesn't work for her I like that she's being open in that way Mm-hmm, the scenes sure. themselves, I did not enjoy watching. They were just a bit weird. awkward. They were just weird. Yeah. I think I talked about this a little bit at the top. I think it was overall kind of positive that Charlotte doesn't like get upset by the fact that like Harry and Kevin used to date. This is like such a common trope in TV shows where, you know, one of the characters meets her friend's new boyfriend they realize that like they have previously dated and then both of them are like, oh, we're not going to talk about this. And then it is revealed dramatically. And then there's a huge fight between the friends. I really thought that's the way it was going. And I'm glad that they went the other way. I did as well. And I was like, oh, I like that they were like, no, open and transparent. And I love that Charlotte was like, okay, three years ago, I can live with that. That's not Uh a big deal. I feel like that was actually pretty progressive of them. I do feel like- Some people still, like, even if it's not someone you, like, really dated intensely, like, some people are still, like, weird about their friends having had sex with the same person as them or have dated the same person as them. Mm -hmm. Unless it's, like, a significant ex for me, that's not something I care about, like, literally at all. Well, (laughs) that's kind of the big question I have coming out of this episode. Have none of these ladies ever been in any sort of long-term relationship before? 
because obviously this they say that she dated this guy charlotte's dating but obviously it wasn't like i don't want to say not don't want to say real relationship but like a long serious serious relationship because like the farting in bed thing or the sleeping together without having sex thing. It's just weird that Miranda wasn't like, oh, well, you know, when I was with Chris, we always stayed over. We didn't have sex all the time. Like nobody has any actual relationship experience other than like a guy that they were having sex with. It just seems weird to me because if these were 20 somethings, that would make more sense. But the idea of this show is like they're in their 30s. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there. So one I think is like that maybe they're subtly trying to get at is that men and women have different sexual peaks. So like men sexually peak in their 20s and women typically sexually peak in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that maybe I don't know if they really thought through this, but that was kind of one of my takeaways where I was like, oh, That's interesting. And it's also something I can relate to, but I think the other part of that is just, they're trying to just show that New York is just a different place. Right. And I mean, when I think about my time in New York, I literally only had one serious relationship while I was there. It's not that surprising to me that, but that was in your twenties, right? It was, but it's still like, not that surprising to me that the girls in their thirties may not have been in serious relationships if they've spent their entire life basically in New York, but not one, they had like, not one of them, I not a one that's of them. surprising. Like, I think you, your view of this is a little bit skewed because you've been married and in a relationship for a really long time. Dating in New York is really fucking hard. And I think maybe the, the long-term relationship is blinding you a little bit, but I guess so. I don't think that's that surprising that none of them have had long-term relationships because that's a very New York thing, I would say. But like a relationship where you're comfortable with the person enough to like stay the night just because it's convenient and not just because it's a romantic, sexy night. Yeah. But I mean, even for me, like unless I'm in a relationship with someone that's like long-term, I'm really like not trying to stay the night and not have sex but I'm saying you've been in you've been in relationships that were long I know that but I'm saying it's not that surprising that none of them have been one Samantha doesn't really want that two Charlotte is typically just a little bit too eager with her suitors and is also very picky so she literally when it's not working out immediately she's like cool get out and Miranda is like, you know, we're kind of meant to believe is like a workaholic and like very successful. And I think there's also kind of, unfortunately, and we talked about this in a previous episode, there's kind of this thing where men sometimes don't want to date women that they perceive as more successful as them. But to me, it's not that surprising that none of them have been in a serious relationship. And I know a lot of people that are now in their thirties in New York, who've not been in a serious relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. I do. I still find it surprising. I get what you're saying. Switching gears a little Mm -hmm. bit. What were your thoughts about the fart and just generally farting in front of a partner for the first time? I mean, I personally am still weird about stuff like that, but like the idea it's one thing for her to like hide her face and like go under the blanket and like big was laughing I thought that was cute the idea that she like gets dressed and runs out the door and doesn't call him for two days was just 
bizarre. And then that she spirals out from that. It was so immature. It was. And and he obviously know, thought it was funny. He thought like, it was hilarious. I didn't like this episode because it made me not hate big for one episode. I thought he handled it well. I thought the whoopee cushion was funny. He was just kind of teasing her. But then yeah, by the end, I hated him again. But for sure, for sure. Um, I made such a big deal out of it. It was so stupid. It was really silly. I thought it was very funny. I too am weird about like farting in front of partners. That's not to say I never have. Like that's because like, like again, people are human. Sometimes it just slips out and you can't help it. But this reminded me of a story that I have been dying to tell you since I watched this episode. Ooh, do tell. So back in college, I was dating this guy for probably about a year or so. And we got relatively comfortable with each other. We eventually were like comfortable enough to like fart in front of each other. And it was just like, it was never a big deal. We would just like kind of laugh about it. And I wouldn't like go out of my way to fart in front of him or anything like that. But it was just like one of those things where it was like not a big deal at all. And he had this friend that was also his roommate. And his roommate was in a new relationship. And for whatever reason, it felt like extremely competitive with my ex and I about like who has the better relationship. It was like weird. I mean, I think my ex and that guy are still friends now, but like there was like a weird rift in the friendship because there was like this weird competitiveness about like who has the better relationship. And one day he was like, oh my gosh, you won't believe it. Like me and his girlfriend, I'm trying to not say names. It's so hard to tell the story without names. Like me and girlfriend have just like gotten to like a new level of closeness and intimacy and like whatever else. And it's like, I am so happy for you. Like what brought this about? And his roommates, like girlfriend and I have now farted in front of each other. And he made like this huge deal out of it. Like it was like this big relationship milestone. And he was like, yeah, you and Megan should really try that. Like it'll really, it'll really just bring you so much closer. And was like, yeah, dude, sorry to break it to you, but like, we have been like, okay with farting in front of each other for like months now. And his roommate got like really upset and like went into the other room and slammed the door because he was so mad that me and my ex had farted in front of each other before he and his girlfriend. And that story still brings me so much joy and laughter. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I'm not like a, a noise farter. I don't really <laughs> fart that much to be honest, but just all like bodily smells. It's just one of those things that like, you can't just be like, oh, we're not farting in front of each other. Cause like, if you could control it, you would fart. Like right. you're good. You're either comfortable about it or you're going to be like, carry and run out the door. It's also like, I feel like bedtime is when the farts are going to happen. Right. <laughs> like you've had dinner, you've slept and now you got stuff. Can we talk tummy? about the, the scene right before that? So it's like in the intro when Carrie's like, if you do manage to get someone in bed, that's where the fun starts or something. Uh-huh. And it's, I started out really liking that scene because I'm a proponent of eating in bed and big and care like 
in bed reading and then like eating ice cream and like Carrie like is feeding big. Then they start like making out with ice cream in their mouths, which is the grossest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. That is really gross. Yeah. Like it's like way to go from like a moment where I was like, yes, I think that's like a fun, like intimate couple thing. And then you just have to ruin it with the weird ice cream make out. <laughs> Ugh. I thought it was funny. Anyway, I just thought the whole fart thing was very funny. And like, I would say relatively relatable in a relationship. Like if you're in a relationship long enough, it's going to happen. But yeah, Carrie completely blew it out of proportion. Never have I farted in front of someone and they're like, I can never have sex with you again. Have you ever done something in front of a guy you were like dating that was really embarrassing and then you ran out the door and didn't talk to them. No, for two days. because that's ridiculous. <laughs> you just talk about it in the moment. It's not that serious. Wait, wait, wait. you do, you do what? I, you like talk, you have a conversation right. with the person? Like, who no. cares? I mean, honestly, that's just part of being in a relationship, right? It's like not for Carrie. Sometimes you don't bodily things are going to come up. It's not all just sex and non-farting. Sometimes it's no sex and occasional farting. I mean, that's life. That's life. That's being a human. It was just like such a hilarious reaction to me because it was so overblown. And yeah, I mean, I think I've made this clear, but I have farted in front of exes before. And Kristen, you're married. So I'm assuming you farted in front of your husband before at least once. My problem is, is that when I do fart, it gets really funny. So usually I will just start laughing and I'll be like, did you hear that Mitch? I farted (laughs) because we're laughing about something and like want to like squeeze out that way. (laughs) But I'm not really, I'm lucky Uh, that that's not really a thing. I mean, also Mitch is extremely oblivious, so I probably could just walk past him and he probably wouldn't even notice also he wouldn't care because you guys have been together for a million years like no one cares that much about it no I still can't be myself around Mitch I have to dress up in little outfits I mean I'm sloppy Christy and messy Christy oh we (laughs) and dirty Christy We all want to like kind of keep a certain element of mystery and romance, but like sometimes things just happen and it's not a big deal. Like on my last vacation with my ex, like we were in a very small Airbnb in Mexico and we both got a stomach virus. Like (laughs) there was just no hiding that, you know what I mean? Like I think we both just like respectfully when the other person was in the bathroom would just put the TV on or something just to give them some privacy. But it's like, you know, when you both have a stomach virus and you're in a tiny Airbnb with one bathroom, there's just (laughs) no hiding it, frankly. So things like that are going to come up in a relationship and that's just life. And Carrie's reaction was so absurd, but I found it very funny. It's funny that you say that because I know there's a much later season episode that pretty much the same kind of scenario happens. So (laughs) something to look forward to. What do you think about Carrie's reveal to Miranda that she can't be herself around big and she wears little outfits and she poses for him? So that actually made me feel really sorry for her. But I also think that is a normal thing. 
until you hit like a certain level of comfort in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That being said, I am fully a proponent of people being their 100% true self from the beginning. Like there is no point in hiding it. It will come out eventually and it would be a better use of everyone's time if everyone was just upfront about that stuff in the beginning. So I understand it. I have been there before. My philosophy around that stuff is now completely different. What did you think? Yeah, I do think that's relatable. Like you do want to put on kind of your best what is it? Your best front forward. And, you know, she thinks that she thinks highly of big. He's a fancy man with fancy things. So she's trying like to be a certain way. The idea that he's never even been into her apartment before seems that like was weird. taking it way too far. Like sometimes I get it. You, like in a relationship, you stay at one person's place more than the other. Right. Like, oh yeah, in, for sure. In New York, it was like, you know, my, my one ex that I was in a relationship with while I was there, like he had a roommate, but his roommate had a girlfriend and was never around. And so I would always stay at his place. Cause it was like, why would you want to stay in my apartment that is tiny? And I have two roommates like that makes sense. But in this case, that's not what's happening. Carrie is an adult and has her own apartment. He and did yeah, seem interested to want it. Like he did walk around and see the place and said like, Oh, you finally invited me in. Yeah. Like, what are you hiding? It's not that serious. Like, it's just weird that Carrie's in her 30s and has her own place, which is a nice place. And Big has never seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that it's normal to want to kind of put on a front when you're dating somebody that you really like. But I think Carrie's taking it to the extreme. Absolutely. And I feel really sorry for her about that because yeah. it just shows that she's not really really. insecure. And I think part of that is like, a natural level of being insecure that everyone has. Mm -hmm. But part of it, I think is just like her and big are not a good match. And she just thinks that big is out of her league. So she feels, and he's not out of her league, by the way, she feels that way though. So she feels even more insecure. And the fact that they can't even have a conversation about that because they're both bad at communicating just means they're not really ready to be in a relationship with each other. In my opinion, that's really what bothered me the most about that ending to this is that she tells Miranda I think I'm in love with him and I don't know how he feels about me type of thing but then when Big shows up she just says like oh I was just having a freak out and then they have sex and yeah like, she's oh, like minimizing the whole thing uh, so now that we've had sex we're issues. back on course and it's like no that's the conversation you need to have with the guy that you think you're in love with Totally. Totally. I mean, I get that as well. It's hard to tell someone that you love them. Yeah. Especially the first time. So no, I know I hear what you're saying. I see why she did that, but I also think it was foolish for her to not just be at least, even if it wasn't to tell him that she loves him, like, no, I mean, be honest about that. what the real issue is, but which say, is like, I you really were concerned like you. about like not having sex as much as she would have wanted to. Right. Exactly. Just talk about your feelings a little bit. Yeah. That leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about. Mm. I don't want to brag, but Ooh. I've dated a lot of men on antidepressants (laughs) Yeah, and that whole piece was relatively relatable. I, you know, I don't think it's ever been that extreme in any of my relationships. Right. Um, but it is a thing that comes up from time to time. Definitely. Overall, I actually thought the guy's responses to everything was better than Charlotte's. 
he was like very transparent about his mental health issues mm-hmm. and it's like, I found something that works for me. And honestly, it impacts my sex life. And I think he did the right thing. He honestly, I think he was the best of all of her boyfriends so far because he was honest about having dated Carrie previously. He was honest about his past. He was honest Mm -hmm. about his mental health and he was honest about what he could provide in a relationship. And I understand that sex is a big part of a relationship, but Charlotte was so out of line being like, well, wouldn't you just stop taking them for me? That was messed up. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you'd rather your partner be depressed and like unregulated and like not able to like function properly just so you can have sex with him. Like, Don't guilt insane. someone into getting off of their medication. That's insane. And it's like, here's my thing. I think his one fault is he could have been a little bit more proactive about finding solutions to not having not having that high of a libido. My first thought was like, well, can't he take Viagra? And then I was like, well, I don't actually know if Viagra was around back then. I looked it up. Viagra became FDA approved and publicly available or widely available, I should say, in 1998. Oh, so it was probably still very new. Oh, we're going to get a Viagra episode. I bet. Oh, and I was thinking about that when I was watching this. But yeah, so it wouldn't have been like super mainstream at that point um, in 1998, probably. But like, you know. But like, bring back the rabbit. Have, yeah, bring back the rabbit. Potentially, you know, even if you're not going to have, sorry guys, this is going to get graphic for a second. Even if you're not having penetrative sex, like there are other things that you can do that are, you know, sexy and romantic. Charlotte's like, well, can't you just go off of your antidepressants that you've said have made you happier than you've ever been in your life, which is unhinged and so unreasonable. And that scene and the scene where Carrie's like throwing herself at Mr. Big Mm -hmm. and he's like, will you knock it the fuck off? Like. Those two scenes are tied for my most hated scenes. And honestly, I want to jump back to the Mr. Big Carrie thing that I was just talking about where she's Mm -hmm. like throwing herself at him. They're both just like so in the wrong for this. I can't decide which one is worse. I mean, we already know that consent was not really this big of a conversation in 1998, Mm -hmm. but like Mr. Big has said that he does not want to like not in so many words, but he's said like, Hey, I'm trying to watch this. Like I'm not interested in sex right now. And she's still just like trying to force herself on him. And then his reaction was a little bit too stern in my opinion. Although the more that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, he's told her he doesn't want to do this and she keeps forcing it, but he could have said it more nicely, I guess. But now I'm kind of torn on it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He didn't need to swear at her. And then he was like, oh, why are you acting so nuts? And I'm just like, no, no, no. You cannot fucking call women crazy just because they have feelings. Yeah. No, I liked him in the fart scenes. I thought those were funny. And I think like ribbing her a little bit was called for to try and be like, it's not a big deal. But then that scene is when it comes back. Like, instead of saying, why are you acting so crazy? He could have been like, hey, what's going on <laughs> like right. clearly something is off and you're acting out but like if you were actually a caring partner you would be like okay what is this where's this coming from yeah they were both in the wrong for that honestly I can't decide who was more in the wrong 
the part that we haven't discussed yet is the thing the that sexy it, neighbors. Oh, we haven't talked about them either. Okay. Well, the thing that we didn't discuss is me being a married woman. I'm mm-hmm. curious for your version of this, the idea of sleeping together <laughs> for a few days and not having sex. It was like, like, I get where it's coming from, but then Samantha telling her that sex is the barometer for relationship and her being like, mm, yeah, I was just like, no, no, I, I mean, yeah. So no. I think it's different when you're in like a super long-term relationship versus a relatively new relationship. For sure. So I think what Samantha is saying potentially applies to Carrie, not necessarily because no one's had a fucking conversation about why they're not having sex. So we can't know that for relationship. sure. I mean, I will say in previous relationships, <laughs> this ties in with the antidepressant thing. There's definitely been previous relationships where like, I'm not having as much sex as I would like to be having because of the other person's kind of libido situation. And that's that's a valid point, but we don't know because Carrie doesn't ever talk to Mr. Big about anything, like what the reason was. So instead she just freaks out about it. And I don't even know if it's that she wants to have sex because she enjoys it or she wants to because that's the only way she gets reassurance in her relationship. Yeah, for sure messed up on every level. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I've, I've been in the situation before where it's concerning. I think as I've gotten older, I've been able to address it more appropriately. There was one incident a few years back with an ex where that was a situation and it definitely kind of just hit a boiling point where I was just like, why are we not having sex? Like all the time? Cause we had been, and then like we weren't. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I didn't even realize it. It's just, you know, once you're in a relationship for a while, you just kind of get comfortable with things. And then we just had a conversation and things were so much better afterwards. But also in this episode, it's like the idea that like, oh, well, he likes having sex with me. So obviously this relationship is going really well and he really likes me. And that's like such a problematic message to put out there. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And it's, again, when you're first in a relationship, you're in that honeymoon phase and you was just like, fuck all the time, but that doesn't last forever. There's plenty of psychological research out there about <laughs> how that fades and like eventually. Right. You know, and if you have, you should have good communication established by then so that you don't need to get all your validation through sex. Exactly. Exactly. But speaking but- of sex. <laughs> The neighbors. The neighbors. Wow. That was Honestly, a show. Good for them. Yeah. I thought the scene where the, I mean, on one hand, it's like fucked up because they're just like watching them, but also these people are having sex in front of a window. So I think they know what they're doing. <laughs> like no, literally inviting right your in friends over to eat gummy bears and watch your neighbors have sex through your window. That crossed the line for me. It did, but I still thought it was funny. Yeah. I also thought it was funny because in an earlier scene, Miranda had been like, it's been so long that like, I'm basically about to get free gummy bears because I've rented so many movies. And And then they bring the, then the gummy bears come back. And when she's leaving the apartment after the show, she goes and buys more gummy bears. So I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, calling your friends over. (laughs) 
does cross the line, but also I'm sorry, but if you're having sex in a window like that, you know, that people can see you. And I think you kind of get off on it. I don't want to say they were asking for it because Mm -hmm. that is not a phrase that is one we should be using very much anymore, but I think they kind of like got off on it a little bit. Yeah. I think they kind of got off on being exhibitionists. Wasn't the worst thing the show has done. All right, let's jump into our segments. I think we've been going a little long on this stuff. We had a lot of opinions. Yeah. Okay. For nostalgia, I had a couple of things. We probably think are (laughs) are pretty obvious. We can go through these quickly. One is the blockbuster references and just Mm -hmm. blockbuster in general. RIP blockbuster. Like that used to be my favorite thing to do on a Friday night. Just go to blockbuster and get some new movies for the weekend. The pager that Kevin has. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to use the payphone. Yep. We were talking about this in an earlier episode where we were like, oh, would they have had pagers then? Confirmed they were using pagers in 1998. <laughs> and then I think the other thing, this might be a little bit of a leap, but for me, just like the idea of men caring about menstruation and farting and like women having to be perfect all the time feels a little outdated to me. No one that I have dated has ever cared about this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's still some segments of men, but I do think like the trope of like laughing and farting in front of your significant other is more common than like holding it in or being like horrified like that. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any other nostalgia moments? No, those were my big ones. I would like to think that the ladies were a bit cooler than the actually renting movies from Blockbuster. I'm sure there were a lot of really good small business video stores in the 90s in Manhattan, but this was definitely sponsored by Blockbuster. They kept oh, showing yeah. the case and everything. Talk about yeah, the yeah, yeah. Characters. When Kevin um, and Charlotte don't have sex the right. first time, he's like, he's you like, want to watch-, watch a movie? And he pulls Ba-dum. out a Blockbuster tape. <laughs> also, I think the idea of the construction workers catcalling, I mean, that's definitely still a thing. But I think it's way more like then it was like cute or like it was just one of those things like, yeah, construction workers are going to harass women. Yeah, I also feel like the construction worker thing is a little bit, I don't know, specifically it being construction workers that catcall, I feel like is a bit of a stereotype. Like, should we jump to fashion? I didn't have a ton of things here, but I would love to hear your thoughts on the fashion. Um, You mentioned in the recap, the number one thing on my list, Carrie's wearing blue eyeshadow when she goes over to seduce so Mr. Bad. Big and it looks so bad and it looks like there's just something about it like it just made her it like aged her almost she looked like yeah down it I when I watched it the second time I was like why is that and I was like oh she's got blue eyeshadow on it looked so 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 bad it looked bad I think the other thing this might be going a little too into the weeds, but I think Carrie is a warm colors gal and not a cool colors gal. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's like relatively tan, I would say. So the blue just didn't suit her. The blue no. would maybe look better. I mean, I don't like blue eyeshadow just regardless, but I think Miranda's more of a cool colors gal. 
it might have looked better on her. Speaking of Miranda, that's my other the overalls. I loved the overalls. I loved the overalls. And she's that wearing was my like Birkenstock look. sandals, and she had yeah. like a sling bag. And she also, I was mentioning, like I dyed my hair. I do like a red auburn, like a bright auburn. And she had obviously just had like a hair dye, so her hair was very fresh and red. Yeah, it was good on her. I liked it. Fun fact: I'm wearing Birkenstock sandals right now. <gasps> <laughs> you're channeling Miranda then no I'm just obsessed with my Birkenstock sandals honestly my favorite look overall another thing I liked when when big did the whoopee cushion thing Carrie had this like kind of pink high neck sleeveless floral shirt and I kind of liked that I thought that, that was, was pretty so 90s to me yeah it I'm was pretty but sure I, I had it. like the junior cheap small store version of a shirt like oh my that. gosh I also thought Samantha's little yoga outfits were pretty cute I did I like those too I was jealous because the last time she's in yoga she's wearing just like a it's like a bra but it's more fashion than like support because it was mm-hmm. actually even kind of loose on Samantha but it was really that cute Carrie is wearing a David Bowie shirt when she's painting yes I did see that as well. I love David Bowie same. I thought that outfit looked really bad on her. SJP has a great figure. He just, I guess that was the idea, but I don't know. I really did not like the way that looked. It wasn't flattering, but I don't think it was meant to be because she's kind of wearing her grungy clothes to paint. Yeah. Although you, this everyone... is one thing I wanted to call out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Big comes over, there's no paint on her clothes at all, but she's got like a comically obvious painted on splotch on her face. Right. And I'm like, really? She's got paint on her face, but mm-hmm. not on her clothes or off. her arms at all. Oh my God. Give me a break. And I'm also sorry I cut you off. Big and Miranda both comment on the paint color uh-huh. and they're like, is it ecru? And she's like, no eggshell. It's white. She's painting her kitchen white. Miranda's like, great color. It's white. Okay. She's just overdoing. It's a little bit off white. It's eggshell. Like nobody would ever comment if you were painting white in your kitchen. They'd just be like, oh, you're painting. Yeah. No one would care. I think it was just funny because no one would comment about it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they did, I think might've been an attempt at a joke. Maybe. All right. Should we, should we start on the problematic things? I think we've touched on some of these a bit, so I don't think we need to go too deep. The first one we've already talked about, but I'm just going to say it again. Charlotte asking Kevin to go off his antidepressants Mm -hmm. is unhinged. Kevin unwilling to try anything else to meet Charlotte's sexual needs is a bit selfish Mm -hmm. and they could have found a happy medium, but neither of them was really willing to compromise. So I guess it just didn't work out, but those things were problematic for sure. Oh, I have a list. I mean, we touched on all of them. I think no, inviting I- your friends over to watch your neighbors naked yeah. and having sex. It's a lot. It the is. idea I thought it was funny though. Of thinking that sex is a barometer for the quality of a relationship is not good to me. No. Talking to your friends about how you feel about your relationship, but then being like when big comes over, they just have sex. And then it's like, oh, everything's fine now. Miranda, when she <laughs> confronts the construction worker. Yeah. And he, she's like, well, you know, I, I need to get laid. And he's like, oh, come on, lady, I'm married. So then she says, I'll talk in no action. What a Gavon. <laughs> and I feel like I looked it up. Gavon like means like 
four in Italian, but I feel like she was saying that because he was Italian. And I don't know. Like, is she, is he trying to do like a, like a racial slur? It just seemed weird. I don't know. It was very out of character for Miranda. And also it was, I think it was just like a joke about like New York has a very uh, high Italian American population. So I don't think it was necessarily like in meant to be like an Italian service meant to be like, this is a very New York moment, Yeah, but it was, yeah, stupid. I hear what you're saying. I don't really know if it was problematic. I, I have a couple as well. Sorry. I feel like at the top, it sounded like that was the only thing I oh, had. But no, I mean, I've that's got... pretty much my list. I ran through them. Okay. I've really? got a few more. Okay. Carrie forcing herself on Mr. Big. Like Ooh, she yeah. is like literally just like not applying the rules of consent at all. Mm-hmm. Mr. Big calling her crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-explanatory the white yoga instructor named siddhartha oh yeah. not okay talk about him the idea of men wanting women to be perfect and like perpetuating that also not okay and also i think you know maybe it was true at one point but i don't actually think i don't know i just don't think men actually want women that are perfect i'm sure in fantasy life sure but like in an actual relationship i don't think anyone cares about that yeah but and the thing is, is that Mr. No Big doesn't care. He, he laughs doesn't. and jokes about it. And Carrie's the one that's like, oh God, he must've been horrified. It's like he wasn't though. You were in the room. You saw his reaction. Yeah. I mean, she was just projecting her own insecurities, right. but the biggest ones for me were Charlotte asking Kevin to stop his antidepressants and the whole interaction with Carrie and Big. <laughs> right. No, I agree. That being said- I did still like the episode. Uh, Things that hold up. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I already talked about like when you're dating someone new, wearing little outfits. I don't know about the posing. That seemed extreme, but Mm -hmm. sort of presenting the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Also, Carrie painting her apartment. Like if you're trying not to think about something, I definitely will throw myself into a project. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that, but that's right. I mean, here I am now with a podcast, so <laughs> so that definitely holds up for me. Okay, I think this is more or less along the same lines of what you're kind of saying, but just feeling the need to be perfect in a new relationship, being scared to do something as simple as fart in front of someone, mm-hmm. like that's very relatable. Being in a couple where there's different levels of libido. I think from a female perspective, it can be like particularly worrying because the way that we have kind of been socialized and taught as a society is like that men only want to have sex. And like, that's the only thing they care about. So if your partner doesn't want to have sex with you as much as you want, it's a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of feel for Carrie in this situation. I think when you are in a dry spell in a relationship, like before you have a conversation about it, it is concerning. And it's something that you think about. Like I have definitely experienced that antidepressant induced erectile dysfunction. Like I said, I don't mean to brag, but I've dated a lot of guys on antidepressants. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And I am actually really glad that when Charlotte was like trying to console him and be like, Oh, don't worry. He was like, no, I'm not because he really doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. Right. So I actually really liked that they had that piece in there. And I think that holds up. Yeah. Those are my big ones of things that hold up. Yeah. Um, I'm agree- in agreement. All right. Okay. I think it's time for hero of the week and villain of the week. Yeah. 
This was a tough choice for me. So I, I could be, I could be swayed by a good argument. I kind of, when I was thinking about it, I went with Miranda for the hero because I did too. I think that she was giving Carrie the best advice. She knows what she wants, even with the construction worker thing, but she just calls them out. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then for a villain, I chose Carrie because Mm -hmm. she also does the thing where like Miranda's having her own issue and Carrie really does not want to hear about it. She's like, no, me and my problems. I mean, that's classic Carrie. Yeah. And she, she attacks Mr. Big. So for sure. He was not great. What did you say? I was like torn on both of these. Like for hero, I was torn between Miranda and Samantha. Samantha didn't do anything wrong, but I decided on Miranda in the end for similar reasons that you did. I think she gave Carrie the best advice. And I think, you know, they got in that like very minor brief spat when Miranda's like, Carrie, it's not about the fucking fart. Like what, what is going on? And once Carrie kind of expressed like what she was actually worried about, I think Miranda was a really good friend to her and like Mm -hmm. listened and kind of was like, you know, you should be yourself. Like he would probably really like you. The yeah. way you are like you don't have to be this like perfect version of yourself uh villain it was a toss-up for me between carrie and charlotte but i ultimately went with charlotte and this is like just a personal thing for me like asking yeah. your partner to go off antidepressants for you to me that is just unexcusable you're basically telling them like your mental health problem is and that's less important than my needs. You would rather this man potentially kill himself so that you no, can have I mean, sex with him. Like that's, that's the insane. vibe I get from Charlotte that if, if he was like, well, I'll be miserable and like think about suicide every day. And then she'd be like, okay, but as long as you don't kill yourself and you keep like earning money and like having with sex with yeah. me and like smiling and laughing at dinner parties, like I'm fine with that. She doesn't yeah. really seem like she has that much empathy for her partner. No, not at she all. Would rather you just fake it because like that would she for her. half-heartedly tried to comfort him about something that he was not seeking comfort in. Right. Like Carrie was really bad this no, episode. I think that's good. I'm but glad like both chose different villains because yeah. them deserve it. All right. Ratings. Yeah. So now is the point in the show where we rate the episode on a scale of one to five on sex and city. Megan, do you want to go first? Yes. I gave sex 1.5. I was a little bit torn on this rating. I was initially going to go higher because of the steamy neighbor scenes. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like objectively those are some of the sexiest scenes we've seen so far in the show i agree but i deducted points for the reasons that we've already talked about carrie not complying with mr big saying that he doesn't want to have sex and trying to throw herself on him and charlotte also that hand job she was giving him was literally the least sexy thing i could ever imagine and the fact that there was chafing, you don't have any lube. Like, what's going on? But anyway, not the point. City, I gave it a three. There was just nothing of note in my mind. I almost gave it a two, but then I was like, well, there is always construction in New York. So I'll give it a three. Yeah. 
What were your ratings? So for sex, I gave it a three minus points for some of the stuff that you said. I thought the weird scenes with Samantha were more just kind of like, they just turned me off. And it's like, mm-hmm. a, I didn't really it's like cringy. that. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing about Carrie obsessing over big and when they kiss it just grosses me out I don't know I don't think those actors have good chemistry to be honest and then the Charlotte scenes were depressing but then I do think the neighbors having sex like they were going at it I mean there was not penetration but otherwise like that was a almost porn so that bumps it back up so i just kept it neutral okay Otherwise, fair enough negative. for city i went two i was going to say three well, but i opposite this week i yeah we are i they were watching movies at carrie's apartment so they were people weren't really out that much miranda was out which i like but she went to blockbuster mm. new yorkers aren't going to go to a chain come on so you know that's you what know, i know well fair enough they don't Fair enough. I did also consider the blockbuster chain in my score, but I then opted for three still because I was like, this is obviously a sponsorship. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps us up for the week. Yeah, I think so. Thanks everyone so much for joining us this week. We hope you come back next week when we talk about the season one finale, episode 12, Oh Come All Ye Faithful interesting name is this gonna be a christmas episode who knows no idea what i honestly hope it is (laughs) a sex in the city christmas (laughs) if you have any feedback things you want us to discuss things that we may have missed or gotten wrong please feel free to reach out to us at our email or our instagram the links are going to be in the show notes And if you would please, please, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcasting app you use, we would be so appreciative. Please tell your friends about this great podcast and we hope to see you soon. Bye. Bye.